Welcome to the Atlantic Baptist Church Podcast. Visit our new website at AtlanticBC.org. Or check us out on Facebook for the latest updates. Now, here's Pastor Carlos. At first glance, and this is, this is the easy part, you might shrug and think about a couple of implications like... Uh, well, like the different way to measure time. Because, you know, we have before Christ and after Christ. Or not having to go to church on Sunday morning. Uh, that's probably two of the things that you would consider. But I would like to paint a deeper picture that should fill you with appreciation for the immeasurable gift given to us on that first Christmas. If Jesus had never been born the world would be a much more primitive place where women are slaves of free men. It's got to be a a woman, I guess. Uh, Children are sacrificed to idols. And the concepts of charity and love are all but missing from society. If you think that Jesus didn't change the world, just think about that. If Jesus had never been born... Education and science would look very different and much more primitive. And most likely the United States of America would have just been an unrealized historical dream. But worst of all, if Jesus had never been born, there would be, there would, there would exist only one spiritual destination for our eternal souls. A dark and tormenting place where we would be eternally separated from God. Jesus Christ came to earth as a man to live a perfect life, die a horrible death, and rise from the grave so that the penalty for this world's sins would be paid in full. An eternal life made available to anyone who puts their faith in Him for salvation. And that's the best part. Here is the way that the Apostle Paul describes it. And she uses uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 16 to 20 in the message paraphrase. And she says, if corpses can't be raised, then Christ wasn't, because he was indeed dead. And if Christ weren't raised, then all you're doing is wandering about in the dark, as lost as ever. It's even worse for those who died hoping in Christ and resurrection because they're already in their graves. If all we get out of Christ is a little inspiration for a few short years, we're a pretty sorry lot. But the truth is that Christ has been raised up, the first in a long legacy of those who are going to leave the cemeteries. That is an awesome statement. And then she closes her article by saying, in other words, a world without the birth, life, death, and resurrection from the dead of Jesus Christ is a world that is always winter, never Christmas. Always winter, never Christmas. Today as we kind of approach the the wonderful day in which we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We close up 
uh, this series of messages that we titled uh, Gifts and Presents. I want to welcome again those of you who have and those who have not been here as we unwrap God's gifts and unveil God's presence among us in the person of Jesus Christ. Just quickly, I want to remind you that we, we unwrap the gift of a promised Savior and unveil the expected presence of Jesus, the Messiah. The Bible says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called what? Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We also unwrapped the gift of a present Savior and unveiled the factual presence of Emmanuel. God with us, it's come. Matthew 1.23, the Bible says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name, what? Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Last week, we unwrapped the gift of a prominent Savior. And we kind of unveiled the, uh, the effective presence of Jesus, the giver of a new life. And we, you remember, we, we kind of spoke about the experience that Mary had when the angel announced the fact that she would be uh, the carrier of a savior of this world. Just as Mary's life was changed forever, when God chose her as the vessel through whom the savior would come into this world, so was yours changed when you were chosen to be part of the family of God. Our lives have changed. They have to change. We agreed that when we come to Christ, we come just as we are. But once we surrender to Him, we're never the same. We can never be the same. Today, I want to close this series by a message titled Gift of Pre- uh, and Presence by kind of unwrapping the, the gift of a permanent Savior and unveiling the eternal value of Jesus who is our everlasting lover. In John chapter 14, the Bible says, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. <clears throat> a little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. I think that as we kind of um, unwrap the, the, the gift of this Savior who is, is here to stay. He's not going anywhere. He is eternal. And if you know Christ is your Lord and Savior, you, you are just on a great journey with Him. Uh, I found in this scripture that there is four truths that we, we need to remember, especially this time of Christmas. Number one, the first truth that I found here is that we will never be alone. He is always present. You will never, ever, ever be alone. God is always at your sight. He is always there with you. 
The Bible says, I will not leave you orphans. I will, I, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you a little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. As Jesus prepared the disciples to face the events that would kind of lead to his death and change the world, he assured them that his separation would be short-lived. He promised not only that he would send the Holy Spirit to be with them, but that he would also be present in their lives. As we celebrate Christmas, we are reminded of his perpetual presence. Our God is not a God who created you and me and dropped us down here just to do the best we can. If you have heard that, you have been sold a big lie. Because this God that I know, the God that saved me a long time ago, it's a God that wants to have a close relationship with me. He wants to know every detail of everything in my life. And he wants to be a part of it. God did not drop you in this world to do the best you can. God dropped you in this world because he wanted to be part of your life And that's why he sent his son to become a a baby there in the manger and and live a perfect life and eventually die die at the cross and come back to life three days later. Otherwise, he would have not gone through all that trouble, don't you think? He would have said, just do the best you can and we'll see at the end if the score on the good side is better than the score on the bad side and then we'll see. Which is basically what every religion other than the Christian religion teaches in, in this world. He's a personal God. He's a God who wishes to have an ongoing and close relationship with you. In a time like Christmas, when so many feel alone, and and there's so many that I know that at this time of the year feel so lonely, and they feel abandoned, Jesus is always present, and he's willing to sit down by your side, make you company, And see you through the storms of life. He wants to be there with you. And he's willing to do it. Will you let him? The Bible says God is our refuge and strength. And ever present help in times of trouble. That is why we are not afraid. Even when the earth quakes. Or the mountains topple into the depth of the sea. Waters roars and foams. And mountains shake. At the surging waves, Shelah. He will never, you will never be alone. You will never be alone. If you know Christ is your Lord and Savior, believe me, you will never be alone. We will never die because he's alive either. Another truth that we, we see there in those words of Jesus, we will never die because he is alive. Why do you think that he came back to He rose again three days after the crucifixion. After he died at the cross. Why do you think he did that? So that you know that you will not die. That you will live with him forever. Living on this side of eternity and dying is just a jump to the other side of eternity. And because of Christ, he has given us the right end of privilege of living that other side of the eternity 
together with him. Together with him. And that is such a blessing. That's the blessing of all blessings, actually. We will never die. He is alive. Look what the, the word says. Because I live, Jesus said. You will live also, he told his disciples. At that day you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. I'm pretty sure that the, the disciples were thinking, okay, he's going away for a little while and we'll be back. Uh, we can lay low for a while until he comes back and then we will continue pursuing this, this kingdom he so much talks about. So he's taking a vacation, going to the Bahamas for a couple of weeks. He'll be back. And when he comes back, we'll continue the work that he started doing. I'm pretty sure they're thinking about this kind of stuff. If you turn 21st century, obviously in South Florida. I'm sure they, they like the Jews, were, were expecting a, a knight in shining armor to free them from the tyranny of the Romans. And, 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 fear the, and, and they also fear the possibility of having to die for that cause. So that's pretty sure that some of the stuff that was going through their mind. Jesus probably shocked them when he said, because I live, you will live also. That was a strange thing to say. In fact, I'm sure that the, that the case, because, that, that, that's the case because of what he said after that. He said, at that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. In other words, right now, you may not understand what I'm telling you. But on that day, you'll see that I'm the real thing. That I am the real thing. You're probably not thinking about your eternal destiny at this time. Not, not something we think in Christmas time many times. You're probably not thinking about your eternal destiny at this time. Either you know where you will spend it. After you die, obviously. Or why are you, are, or you're not sure what would happen then. You're not really sure. If I go to you and I ask you, are you 100% sure that when you die, you will immediately be in the presence of the Lord? If your answer is, I don't know, then to you I want to talk today also. To the first group, I, I, I remind you that eternity with Christ is already here. And for that reason, we are to introduce others to him who made it happen, to introduce them to Jesus Christ. That's what the lesson in our small group was today. It is very important that you understand that the only reason why your heart is beating here right now is because he has not finished bringing all his family together. And you are the bearer of that calling. We are the ones that have been called to go out there, every single person that gives us an opportunity and try to find out if they are also part of the family of God. Sharing Jesus with them and asking them to come to the knowledge of Jesus as their Savior is our calling for everyone here who know Christ as the Lord and Savior. It is our responsibility and the reason why we are here and our hearts are still uh, 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 pumping, it's because of that. Because at the day that Jesus does not need us to share the gospel because he's already gathered all his family, that will be the day in which he will return and establish his new king, his kingdom all over again. So that he won't need us anymore. 
At that time, we're all out of a job, except Denise and her team. Okay, so so the, the, the truth is that we, we have a job to do. We have a job to do. And our job is very simple. It's not to save anybody, but to hold people by the hand and introduce them to that child that was born in that manger who, who grew up and lived a perfect life, who died at the cross for you and for me, and, and came back to life three days later so that we know that we will live with him. Praise God. To those here who are not sure or simply do not know where you're going to spend eternity, I would like to introduce you to the Savior that that Samaritan woman got to know in the Bible. Jesus asked her for water from a well, and she was shocked not only because he spoke to her, but also because although he needed help to get water out of the well, Jesus promised her water that would quench her thirst forever. What is wrong with this? You don't even have a bucket to get water out of this well and you promised me a water that will quench my thirst forever? This has got to be some kind of hippie from the 60s or somebody that's not right. This can't be uh, the right person. How could you promise me Water, not only is crazy to promise water that would quench my thirst forever, you don't even have a bucket to bring it to me. How could you do that? That's probably going in her mind. She probably thought he was a, a salesman selling some kind of miraculous water. Just an idea. Little did she know that he was promising eternal life that only the only way that could it could be attained. He was promising her an eternal relationship with God, restored for eternity, and he was the only one that could offer it. He was the only one that could give it. Samaritan Bible says that Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, instead, the woman says, Sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. You don't have a bucket. How can you give me water? Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? And Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty. This water that you're pulling out of that well, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. You, don't, you will never have to come and draw water anymore. You will never have to bring, go and do any kind of effort. You don't have to do any work. You come to me just as you are, and I will give you that water that, that keeps on pumping out and, and, and springing more water and more water. I will give you eternal life. I will give you forgiveness for the sin in your life. I will give you a restored relationship with the Father and the Creator of all things. And you know what? You don't have to go. 
to the well again. It's a one-time shot. You don't need a bucket either. You just need Jesus. All you need is me, he's what he said, basically. Jesus is his water. He is the spring of water that welled up the eternal life to eternal life. Because he lives, so will you. If you trust him as your Lord and Savior. So the question is, have you done that? Have you trust him as your Lord and Savior? It's a great question for Christmas time. We will never be alone. He's always present. We will never die. He is alive. We will never miss God's love. Christ is our everlasting lover. He who has my commandment, he said, and keep them. It is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. You know, it's interesting. And this is one of the things as I was studying that I, it came to my mind. Because, I, 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 you know, if you look around, all men are kind of have an issue with this. But Jesus is preaching about love to a bunch of men. Scary, don't you think? To a bunch of men. You know, women have a much better understanding of what love is. It's kind of God wired them that way. But wait, not only is he talking about love with his bunch of men, but he also told them to follow some instructions. Let's be honest, Christmas time is a very good example for that. I don't know how many bicycles and stuff I put together and had part left. Then I went to the instructions. Then I went to the instructions. We don't like to ask for instructions. Thank God for iPhone and all those phones now that you can talk to them and, and keep it low. You can put a thing in it. Because we don't want to admit that we need instructions. Not only is scary the fact that Jesus is, telling, is talking to a group of men about love... But he's telling them to follow some instructions. That makes it even harder to mustard, you know. Well, guys, I got only one spiritual advice to give you. I followed it. Deal with it. Deal with it. Because our God is about love. He is a loving God. And we will never be able to eliminate that from our relationship with Him. He loved us and expects for us to love Him back. Now ladies, you understand that very well. Guys, it's hard to understand. Jesus told His disciples that obedience is the mark of our love for Him. And as a result, he and the Father love us. That's what he said there. That love has no end. And the proof of that of the, that, that love not having any end is Jesus himself. He said, greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. And that's exactly what he did at the cross of Calvary. He laid down his life there for you. And for me. That proves his love for us. And that, ne- that love will never ever go away. 
The Bible says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? What shall separate us from the love of Christ? And then he says, Paul says, for I am persuaded, I'm sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor heights, nor death, nor any other created thing shall, a- shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, do you want someone to love you that way? Jesus is the only one that can. If you want somebody to love you that way, Jesus is the only one that can. And it's interesting. He never goes away. You will never miss his love. He's never taken it away. He's always given it and given it and given it and given it to you. You're the one that runs away from him. He doesn't run away from you. You will never be alone. You will never, because he's always present. You will never die because he's alive. You will never miss God's love because Christ is our everlasting lover. And then the last thing that I learned here was that we will never be adrift. He will be our guide. See, he said, I will love him and manifest myself to him. Family, if there's anything, anything you get out of this series is that God wants to have a close relationship with you. He wants to be... He wants to be your God. He wants to be the one that you go to every time you have difficulties, every time you feel alone, every time you're sick, every time you feel in trouble, every time you have needs. He wants to be the first one that you go to. He wants to be the first in your life. You may resist it, you may ignore it, you may disregard it, but nothing changes his desire to be close to you, nothing. For that reason, he's always, always, always revealing himself to you. You don't see him. If you don't see him, it's not his fault. Because he's always revealing himself to you. Look at nature out there. I know we got a lot of concrete around here, but get out of the city and look at nature. I mean, it was so awesome. Uh, was it last night? Last night. Uh, I went out with my, my, my children, and, and it was awesome to see the full moon out there. How round it is. It is so beautiful. And you know what? It did not happen by, happen by chance. It did not come from some ooey kind of stuff that took millions and billions of years to happen. God said, moon, place yourself there, and it happened. Boom, like that. And it's beautiful. 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 How about prayer? If you don't pray, I mean, if you're married and you don't talk to your spouse, your marriage is in jeopardy already. It's got to be worse later, so you better start talking. You better start communicating. Okay? So if you say, well, I don't say much words, then practice. I don't say much, practice. Find a way to talk. Because communication is the number one reason why marriages today fall apart. The number one reason. So you want to have trouble in your marriage? Shut up. And you'll have problems in your marriage, for sure. But you know, 
the same thing is with God. God wants to talk to you and He's trying to get your attention and He's trying to do things in your life so that you get back to Him and start talking to Him. And you know what you do? You take what you can get and use them. Use them. Don't do that. Talk to Him. Well, Pastor, you know, I I got so many things. I work full-time, part-time, and all the time. So I don't have time. I don't have time to go in a corner and kneel down and talk with them. You know, I, I learned this a long time ago. I should have, I should have, uh, kind of, uh, kind of, uh, uh, patented it, but the AA group kind of got it from, before I did. But, but the reality is that you don't need to be on your knees to talk to him. You can talk to him anytime, anyplace, anywhere you're at. I mean, it's good, and it's, you know, that closet time is very important, and you better get the time to go there. You better find the time, because he will create the circumstances for you to go on your knees. You don't want that to happen. You'd rather go on your knees on your own will. You don't want him to drag you down to, your, to the floor. But you know, when you're driving, you can pray. And, and if you drive on I-95, you need lots of prayer. If you drive anywhere in South Florida, you need lots of prayer. I mean, it's, it's, it's unreal. Now, don't close your eyes, please. Just keep them open. You can pray at home while you are not watching soap operas and all the other garbage that is on TV. You can pray. It is, you can pray. He wants to communicate with you. How about His Word? Today's lesson in, the, in, our, in our life group was awesome. You know, we want to grow and be spiritually strong, but we never read the Bible. I mean, we discover four reasons today. Why is it that Christians do not grow in that area of their spiritual walk? And the reality is not a God's fault. They are all ours. You want to die spiritually? Just open your Bible when the pastor is preaching. Don't ever... Don't ever open it again the rest of the week and you will die spiritually. Because that's not what God wants for you. You you know, he didn't put this, he didn't allow men to put this book together so so that it occupies a nice place on your dashboard or somewhere else. There's a lot of wisdom. There's everything that he wants you to know. It's right here. It's right here. You got a problem with your boss? Here. You got a problem with your spouse? Here. You got a problem with yourself? Here. How about Christian friends and relatives? You know, one of the things that I encourage you, I am not going to put you on the spot, but I will. One of the things that I, I encourage you guys is, and we made arrangement for that. When I came here, this church had, had to vacate the facilities in less than 15 minutes. And I said, we can't do that. I'm Hispanic. I need to talk to everyone. And that takes time. So I said, no, let's, let's ask our Hispanic friends and, and brothers and sisters, let's move the service a little late so we have a little time to hang out. Just stick around. Thanks to Bridgepoint for bringing donuts and all that stuff last week. You, you really stayed and talked last week, right? We don't have that this week, but I would love to see you talking and, and, and just, just hanging out out there. You may learn something you don't know. 
You may find that Christian that you don't want to hang out with so that God can increase your patience and your love. Or you may find that one that can love you in a time where you need someone to love you. You never know. You never know. One thing I know for sure that if you sprint out of this place, once I say amen, you're never going to find out. You're never going to find out. So just hang out here. There are Christian friends and relatives who really can help you grow, grow, grow spiritually. For the Lord grants wisdom, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 6 to 9. For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the path of the just and protects those who are faithfully faithful to him. Then you will understand what is right, just, and fair. And you will find the right way to go. You will never be adrift. He will always be your guide. Would you close your eyes for a second? My family, at, in, just, just as we get close to celebrate Christmas Day, I want to encourage you. We have talked a lot about keeping Christ as the core reason for this celebration of this season. But today, I want you to walk home and understand that Christ will never that if you're in Christ, you will never be alone because he will always be with you. If you're in Christ, you will never die because he is alive. If you're in Christ, you will never miss God's love because Christ is our everlasting love. And if you're in Christ, we will never, never be adrift because he's always ready to guide us, to give us the right place, the right path, the right journey to take. May you celebrate Christmas every day of your life, not just December 25th. May every day of your life be December 25th. Celebrate His birth, His life, His death, His resurrection, but celebrate His presence because that's the gift that God has for you. The fact that He is always with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He's always with you. Father, as I come to the end of this series of messages, I pray for this group of people who are here today. As you think and pray with me, if you have never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you have never said, you know, I realize that I am a sinner, and because of that sin, I know that I cannot assure my destiny in heaven. I know that I cannot have a relationship with a just God, a God who, who, who is just and cannot connect with you because of sin. If you're there and you realize that Jesus is the only way, that's what the Bible says, He is the only way that can actually open that gate and introduce you to a permanent and eternal relationship with God the Father. But you know what? You've got to do something about it. It's not just plain knowledge. You are a sinner. God is a loving God, but he's also a just God. And because he's a loving God, he sent Jesus. Because he's a just God, he has to judge sin. And through Jesus Christ, 
through what he did at the cross of Calvary, the penalty for that sin can be erased in Christ Jesus. But you must receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. You must entrust yourself to him for eternity. If today you you realize that you have never prayed to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you say, Pastor, I want to do that today, while everybody has their eyes closed, would you just raise your hand and let me know that that is the decision you're making today? Just a few days before Christmas, this is the day that I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Would you make that decision today? Would you just raise your hand so that I can pray with you and for you today? Maybe you're all followers of Christ. You all know Christ as your Lord and Savior. But in reality, the, the, the worries and the concerns of this world can kind of drown you spiritually And you want to recommit your life and say, Lord, this Christmas, this is the moment in which I make a reconnection with you. I want to rededicate my life to you, Lord. Would you just raise your hand and I'll pray with you? God bless you. God bless you. Would you rededicate your life to the Lord today? God bless you. Just to tell him that You love them. Father, as we come to your presence, I pray for those who just raise their hands, Father. You know their lives. You know what's going on there, Father. And they're coming to you to rededicate their lives. Father, I pray that you will forgive their sins, that you will redo their lives, Father, and re-strengthen their feet so that they may do live the way that you want them to live, Father. Father, I pray that you will give the Holy Spirit that is in them the strength and the power to just take control of their lives so that they may surrender themselves to you. And Father, I pray that they can be, uh, they can be a life in them to honor you and glorify you every single day. Father, I pray that they celebrate Christmas every single day, beginning today. And thank you for their decision, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you please stand for a second? And again, I, I, I encourage you to hang out and just, just, just uh, shake hands with everyone. Make sure you don't, you don't leave right away. This is a church family, and we are a family in Christ, so I want you to feel like that. And if somebody doesn't make you feel good, you let me know, and I'll talk to some of the bouncers we have around here and help them take care of that. Now, we'll just, we want to do better the next time. So you let us know what we didn't do right this time, and we'll make it better next time. Thank you for the opportunity to dedicate the baby. That was great. Have a merry, merry Christmas. Father, we thank you so much for this time together as a family, at the time of worship, in singing, in giving, in praying. Thank you for your word, and I pray, Father, that it doesn't come back voided, that it does what it's supposed to do, that it changed our lives. Help us to be able to share with somebody, someone out there this Christmas season. And Father, I pray for those uh, uh, candy canes and the message that's there. I pray for whoever is going to get them, Father, that they may, not, may come to know Christ as the Lord and Savior this Christmas. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.